This is the Berman Method podcast featuring Dr. Jake Berman and physician assistant Jenny Berman. We are here to treat problems and not symptoms. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and not to treat anyone or to give medical advice. If you are interested in any information that we are giving and would like to use this for yourself, we recommend that you contact your primary care physician or reach out to us and ask us questions about yourself specifically. Enjoy. And we're rolling, baby, while our baby currently sleep eats. So she's actually got a bottle in her mouth sleep eating, but she's not really eating. She's just kind of using it as a pacifier right now. Is that what's happening? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know, do you ever think about the fact that babies can swallow laying down? and can swallow while they're sleeping. I mean, I guess we swallow while we're sleeping, but eat while they're sleeping and don't choke. But have you in a long time tried to swallow something laying down? No. You can't do it. You can do solids. It's harder when it's liquid. Babies only have liquid. Okay, touche. So isn't that strange that they... Swallow laying down all the time, and it's something that we can't do. Yeah, I guess it's strange, but it's also strange that they can sit in one position and not move for hours and not be uncomfortable. This is true. True. Babies are cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right on. Okay. Berman Method Podcast. <laughs> Here we are. How was that for an intro? The Berman Method Podcast, focused on treating problems and not symptoms. Dr. Jake Berman here with... Jenny Berman, physician assistant, and Vera Kay, snoozing our co-host. Away. Yep, snoozing away. So great. We had a great episode last week talking about supplementation and how it is not a one-size-fits-all. And the three biggies that we spoke about was Serenitin Plus... Metabolic Extra and... BCAAs, branch chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, BACAs, the branch chain amino acids. All of them are very are 100% natural and they just help the body. And then at the end of last week's episode, we talked about trying for you guys to help us try to recruit our next A player. So if you guys know anybody, just point them our way. The thing I want to talk about today is the importance of perfection. 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 That's a scary word for a lot of people. It is a very scary word for a lot of people. So I'm going to go into the woods a little bit just to give you reasons on why it's important. Another way that I can say perfection is performing something 100% correctly. So if you don't like the word perfection, that's great. Just do it 100% correctly. Okay. What are we talking about? Yeah. 100% correct of what? Because that can still be scary for a lot of people. So it's been a while since we spoke about this. And there are so many people that go to the gym and work out. I'm doing air quotes right now. They go to the gym, they exercise, they cycle, they walk, and they think that they're doing good. They think that they're staying in shape and they're really training their bodies to be better versions of themselves than they currently are. 
And the thing that I know for 100% certainty is that if you do not do an exercise 100% correctly, the return on investment exponentially falls off a cliff for every percentage that it's not 100%. So said differently, if you do an exercise 90% correctly, it's darn near more detrimental than it is beneficial. Okay. So if you do an exercise 100% correctly, it's beneficial. You will generate a return on investment and you will be stronger and less in pain then if you do an exercise 90% correctly, then you're, you're actually going to make things worse. And the best example I can give is when somebody does a squat. So every time we're in the gym, every day I'm in the gym, there's at least one person doing some form of a squat, a leg press, lunges, just some type of form of of it stair stepper or the stair master mm-hmm. the treadmill oh my god the treadmill don't even get me started on the treadmill let's let me actually get me started on the treadmill tell me more what the heck it just blows my mind why anybody would ever get on the treadmill and increase the elevation on the treadmill to 10 or 20 or 30 and just hold on to the damn handles right it's right. like what are you doing yep not doing much. For you're you. not doing anything because you're holding on. Mm-hmm. You you might as well be walking on a flat treadmill because you're holding on. Right. The whole point of elevating the elevation on a treadmill is to not hold on, so that you're pushing yourself up. Right. So you're utilizing your hamstrings and your butt muscles to actually climb. Yes. As opposed to just swaying back and forth because you're holding on to the treadmill. Yeah, you're working on your grip strength. Right. Right. Just blows my mind. Here's the next thing now that I'm ranting. The people on the damn Stairmaster who are just holding themselves up with their arms and doing step after step after step. I don't care if you can do the Stairmaster for 20 or 30 or 45 minutes if you're holding yourself up. Right, right. Get off of the damn hands. Let your hands go. You can use your hands for very general balance, but you shouldn't be pushing through your hands while you're doing the stairmaster. Correct. Drives me nuts. I could I could feel your frustration. For, I did 45 minutes on the stairmaster, really? Did you really? Yeah, yeah, if you don't use your arms, your heart rate gets up higher. It's usually working you a little bit more efficiently. So what what Jenny's saying is, you can use your arms on the stairmaster and you could do it for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or you could let go and do it for five minutes and get five times the amount of return on investment. Correct. Correct. Yes. Jeez Louise. While we're talking about treadmill, this isn't that it frustrates me, but it is something that a lot of people don't know that they should know, is when you're walking on the treadmill on a zero incline, you're actually walking downhill, and it's not good for your back or your knees. So if you're going to get on the treadmill, you need to put it up onto a level two incline to mimic being outdoors and and don't hold on, but it should be on a level two at a minimum. Correct. So said differently, when the treadmill is just on level zero, you're essentially just walking in place and you're not doing anything or walking downhill. And it actually places more stress on your joints, specifically your knees and your back, than if you were to increase the elevation to at least a 1.0. 2.0 is ideal because mm-hmm. that way you're at least 
pushing yourself against something and not just walking in place. Or just get on the banana treadmill. Oh, the banana treadmill. That's the best one to be on anyways. If you don't know what the banana treadmill is, Google it. This thing is awesome. I don't know if that's the real name for it, but it looks like the shape of a banana and you're your own resistance. So there's no speed knob. There's just a, or I guess you're your own speed. There's no speed knob. There's only a resistance knob that you can put on. And then the, the, pace that you walk is the speed that the treadmill is moving. Yeah. It's a, that's it's a manual, it's right. a manual treadmill, not a mechanical treadmill. So there's no motor. Right. Right. Yeah. Good. I'll so those are a few right out of the gate. If you don't do it a hundred percent correctly, then you're not going to generate the return on investment. And there's so many times that people will say, yeah, when they come into my office for back pain, knee pain, whatever it is, I don't understand why this is happening. I do yoga 73 times a day. I walk five miles a day and I'm sitting there looking at them and I'm going, you don't have any muscles. You're really flexible. That's great. You can put your foot behind your head and you can get in a pretzel, but you don't have any muscles. So it's irrelevant. So everybody pay attention to this because this is super important. This is one of the most simplest and easiest ways that I can describe it. Draw two lines side by side. At the bottom of one line is zero. At the top of the the line is 10. So zero to 10. So you got two lines side by side with markers zero to 10. Is that a good visual so far? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Think about maybe a thermometer. So zero degrees and then a hundred is all the way at the top. So two thermometers side by side. Okay. On the left is your flexibility, zero to 10. How flexible are you? On the right is stability. How strong are you? Zero to 10. Now, yogis, I'm not picking on you. I'm just, I'm calling it as I see it. You tend to be a 100 or 10. You tend to, you tend to be a 10 flexibility and you tend to be somewhere around a four maybe five in strength. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you must be strong in the entire range of motion that you have available. Mm, Okay. So as flexible as you are, you need to be strong in every range, range. every range of that flexibility. Mm -hmm. So if you got, you can put your foot behind your head and that's a, 10 out of 10 flexibility. But if you can't hold resistance in that position, then you're a four out of 10 at best in that position. So nine out of 10 yogis that I've ever worked with in my entire career are usually 10 out of 10 flexible and four, maybe five out of 10 strength, which is the exact opposite of my strength trainers. Right. Yep, so mm-hmm. usually usually my males, Jenny too, yep, Jenny's all about the strength training, mm-hmm. usually my males, they'll be eight or nine or even 10 out of 10 strength, but they'll have four or five flexibility. I can't even bend over and touch my toes. I can't get the hip flexibility that I need. I can't cross one foot over the other knee 
and do the boy sitting. So when you sit as sit like a boy sits with the leg crossed versus the way ladies sit with legs crossed. So neither one of them is good. So the yogis aren't good. The bodybuilders are not good. I shouldn't say good. They're not efficient. The yogis are not efficient. The bodybuilders are not efficient. What you want to have is a happy medium. So if you have eight out of 10 flexibility and eight out of 10 strength, that is the person that will have the most overall ability to do whatever life throws at them without being at risk for injury. Did that make sense? Okay. Yes, I'm with you. So it's not that we need to be 100% perfect at life. We just need to be 100% perfect at what we're working towards. You just want to be equal. Got it. That's equal. what it is. Even if you're four out of 10 flexible, you better be four out of 10 strength. You just want it to be equal. The problems occur when there's imbalances. Mm -hmm. You're way more strong than you are flexible or you're way more flexible than you are strong. Think about it. If you're way more strong than you are flexible, you'll have the strength to put yourself into a position that you should not be in. Mm -hmm. So you're forcing a body part into a position that you should not be in because you're so strong you can do it and that's where an injury is going to occur. And the same thing is true for flexibility. If you're more flexible than you are strong, you can get into a position that feels great, but then if you have to get out of that position really fast for whatever reason it is, that's where you're going to injure yourself. Right, right. Well, and with a lot of flexibility, a lot of time our joints are moving more than they should because we don't have the strength to stabilize the joint. So injuries occur that way too. Exactly. Joints need stability from all different sides of the joint. They have to be surrounded by stability or injury occurs. So to come back full circle to squats in the gym before I got off on my tangent with the Stairmaster and the treadmill, when you do a squat, the most important part of the squat is when you come back up to standing and squeezing your butt. You want to squeeze your butt with straight knees at the top of a squat because that's going to give you full terminal knee and hip extension with muscle activation. Right. That's not, the important part. Not with the knees locked out, but no. with the knees straight. Yep. Okay. Because of muscle activation. And the reason why this is important is because when you get full terminal hip extension at the top of your squat, not the bottom, but the top of the squat, that is when you're getting the glutes to be firing the hardest. When the glutes are firing the hardest, they're actually helping to unload your hip joint and your knee joint. Okay. That's why I say unload that the squats the are the most important thing to help with knee pain. Right. Everybody says, no, my knees will be killing me if I try to do squats. Well, if you do them the right way, you'll actually be unloading the knee joint and the hip joint. Right. So the same thing is true for every exercise, especially lunges. Lunges drive me nuts too, where people will do lunges and they think they're doing great, yet their knee is so far forward past their toes that there's no way that you're working your glutes. You're working your quads and you're grinding your knee joint, but you're not working your glutes. You can't physically work your glutes when your knee is that far forward past your toes. And we can see that a lot where the knee falls inward. So if you're, you know, lunging forward with the left knee, if you're 
left knee is going towards the right, it's falling in or medial, then the glute, we know the glute is not working. Because exactly. if the glute was working, the knee wouldn't be falling in that way. Exactly. It's just so important that you focus on perfection and not just getting reps in. And that brings us back to that word that so many people don't like, perfection. A lot of people like to get in the gym and just do a certain amount of sets, a certain amount of reps, a certain amount of weight, and say that they did it successfully. However, I think it's way more important to every once in a while, I don't even, I don't even know, every couple of months, let's say that. Let's start with every two to three months, you spend a solid week with less weight and just move super duper slow through the entire range of motion. It's very annoying, especially for somebody like you, Jenny, mm -hmm. because you just want to go. You're a high intensity interval trainer. You're moving. You're constantly doing at least two, if not three exercises at the same time. Heart rate is constantly elevated. So when it's time for you to slow down and go through an entire range of motion that takes two or three or four or even five seconds, that's mentally challenging for you. It is. And so from, from my perspective, my recommendation is instead of doing that, go see someone for a, you know, a personal trainer or a physical therapist, somebody who knows what they're doing. Go see someone and walk through exercises with, with someone that can watch you and critique you and say, okay, that was good, but let's try it this way with no weight and really work on making sure that the form is as good as it should be. The problem is a lot of people go and they think they're doing a good job. They think they're doing it perfect, but it's until you can see yourself in the mirror or see some, or someone else is watching you or videoing you that you're able able to then see, oh, I'm not doing this 100% correctly. Exactly. We've been able to see that ourselves is, you know, announcement, breaking news. We actually finally got a real Peloton bike as opposed to using, we're using the Peloton app on our iPad on a sunny health and fitness bike. And we, after three years, finally took the step up and got a real Peloton and started using the the Peloton shoes where we lock in. And it was so amazing the first week that I was riding it, how, how much I felt my glutes working when I was riding the Peloton bike, as opposed to, I would try really hard to activate my glutes on the other bike, but I apparently really wasn't until I felt the difference with real cycling shoes on a real cycling bike, how, much more efficient I'm working now versus what I was doing before. So it's just simple things can make a big difference. And sometimes you need that outside perspective. You need someone watching you. You need a physical therapist critiquing you and helping you to see where you're not activating efficiently. The biggest challenge for people, especially those that are going to the gym and even the ones that are working out with personal trainers, so many of our clients have personal trainers that they absolutely love and have been working out with these personal trainers for years and years and years. And this personal trainer could do no wrong. And that's fine. You just have to understand that I got to be very careful on how I say this because this is not, this is not meant to be a slam against personal trainers in any way, shape, or form. It's just that they don't have the, the software that was downloaded. So 
being a doctor of physical therapy, there you go, say the words, whatever. You're going through the actual education on the pathophysiology that's happening on the back end and you're getting all this information and you're going through the clinical rotations and the internships and you're getting all of this from a different perspective than just doing what the vast majority of personal trainers do, which is order the book, take the online course and take the test. It's very different. It's very different. So the most common thing that we see is fractions of an inch makes all the difference in the world. And that can be really frustrating for a lot of people because they'll be like, well, I've been doing it wrong forever then. It's like, well, you haven't been doing it wrong. You just haven't been doing it 100% right. Mm -hmm. And the difference really majority of the time is just a fraction of an inch in one direction or another. And then you've got a completely different set of muscles working. And then all of the joints are now unloaded versus loaded. And now the inflammation and the inflammatory process can start going in the other direction, not in the wrong direction. So that's the difference. That's the difference between doing it 100% correct and 90% correct, or even 95% correct. It's got to be done perfectly, or you're not going to get the return on investment. Right. You're not going to have the progression. You'll, you can still experience regression, even if you're working at 95%. And some will argue, well, at least I'm doing something. And it's true. At least you're moving your body. You're doing something. However, we don't want you doing something the wrong way for an extended period of time because then you're causing, you're still causing damage. Right. This is what I, I want to wrap things up with this is here in America, it has been widely accepted that you should go to the doctor once a year for what? An annual physical. An annual physical, an annual checkup, right? It's been well accepted across America that you should go to the, your primary care physician once a year for an annual checkup just to make sure everything's working correctly, just to make sure your blood pressure is great, just to make sure your cholesterol is good and, you know, all the basics, just to make sure you're not about to fall over and die, right? Right. However, in America, it is not widely accepted that you should have a once-a-year checkup with a qualified physical therapist. Correct. It's just not accepted. But it should be. We it, actually talked about quarterly. Quarterly. Seeing your physical therapist quarterly. You really should be a monthly thing. Every single month, at least once a month, I have one of my PTs or Jenny or somebody that I trust watch me do something, and 100% of the time, they fix something. 100% of the time, I have not been correct. And again, it's just a fraction of an inch. Just move this way or that way, just a hair, and I feel a completely different muscle firing, and now I'm working on prevention versus flaring something up. So why is it not widely accepted that you spend 30 minutes or even an hour once a quarter at the bare minimum once a year where you go to a qualified physical therapist and just get checked out? Am I doing my squats correctly? Am I doing bench press? Am I doing shoulder press? Am I doing core? How many people are doing core and they're not even working the right muscles? But my insurance doesn't cover that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rebuttal we get. And my answer is 
do you plan on dying in the next year? <laughs> oh, wait, whose answer was that? That was your answer. Yeah. But it's true. If you don't, if, you know, if you want to continue to progress and to be the best version the, with the highest quality of life for yourself, then insurance may not cover it. Rarely ever does. And think about it this way. How much money are you spending on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis on gym memberships and personal trainers? And alcohol. <laughs> and alcohol. Think really? about it. How much money are you spending on that? Why can't you justify spending 100 or $200 or $300 once a year or once a quarter or once a month to make sure that you're getting a return on investment and you're not just wasting your money at the gym, wasting your money on personal trainers? Right. Why wouldn't you? Agreed. Cool. That was, that was a fun one. That was. Yeah, I like that. Comments, concerns, reach out to us. Well, hold on. Call to action. Oh. Call to action is now that we're in May, schedule your annual physical checkup. Come see us. <laughs> do your annual physical checkup. And it doesn't matter if you're not even in Naples anymore because we can do just as good virtually as we can in person. 30 minutes. Let's do a checkup. If you can do every single thing that we ask you to do 100% correctly, the session will be on me. How about that? How's that for a guarantee? Guarantee. If you can do every single exercise we ask you to do 100% correctly, the session will be 100% on me. The virtual 30-minute session or the in-person 30-minute session, session. Yeah, you can come for as long as you want. Just give me 30 minutes at least. That's for the physical checkup. And you could come just right upstairs and do your wellness checkup for your blood tests, your vitamin levels, your body comp weigh-in, see how your muscle mass is doing, which you're due for. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely due you're for that. You're overdue for your body comp I've been check. avoiding my body comp check. <sighs> New dad bod. Well, there's just been so many treats around lately. There has been. You don't have to eat them. Well, I just feel bad if they go bad. Stella would not let that happen. I'm sure of it. I don't know that she eats them fast <laughs> enough for them to not go bad. It's not a dad bod. It's a father figure. It's okay. Okay. You're you're a great father figure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Come see us. Until next time. Ciao for now. Thank you for subscribing on your social media and podcast platforms to The Berman Method. Dr. Jake Berman with Berman Physical Therapy and Jenny Berman, Physician Assistant with Berman Health and Wellness. You can find more information on our website, www.bermanpt.com for physical therapy, bermanpt.com forward slash wellness for the health and wellness. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and on your podcast platform. So be sure to follow us, like us, subscribe to us. And if you would like any further information, definitely visit our website and reach out to us. You may also find our free reports on the websites as well, where you can download this free information for yourself. Have a great day.